Welcome to Faith Westwood's worship service. My name is Holly Timberlake. I'm the director of Adult and Family Discipleship. We are so happy that you have joined us for the second week of Advent. During this service, we will have Waiting, Waiting, Verse 2, Children's Message with Mrs. Leah, and we'll have the lighting of the Advent candles. And Pastor Steve's message is Rescued and Rejoicing. Per tradition, because it's the first Sunday of the month, we will have Holy Communion. If you haven't heard, we are doing a clothing drive for Central Middle School's Zone. You can check out more details about that clothing drive on Monday's Faith Connect. I absolutely love how we serve a God who is in the rescuing business. He has rescued me time and time again. Do you need rescuing today? We hope that you will find joy in this service today. This is the second Sunday in Advent. Today we light two candles. The first Sunday we lit the candle of hope. Today we light the candle of joy. Joy is not the same as happy. Joy is a deeper feeling created by knowing that God cares for us. When the world seems to be a dark and frightening place, we are reminded that Jesus is the joyful reason for the season. Jesus brings us his protecting light, and that brings us sustaining joy. Dear God, thank you for your gift of joy. Help trust in you in such a way that our words and our actions support others to know this joy you give. We pray this joy will hear the broken pieces of our hearts as we put our trust in you. Amen.
morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. I'm so glad you could join us today. Today is the second Sunday in Advent, and we're going to be unwrapping some more of the nativity pieces of the Christmas story as we read The Donkey in the Living Room. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your Advent box, which has this book in it, or you just want a copy of this book, just let me know and I'll make sure that you get one. We're going to be unwrapping The Cow and the Sheep today as we read The Donkey in the Living Room. And don't worry, if you haven't wrapped up your nativity pieces, that's okay. You can still do that after children's time. Or if you don't have a nativity, there's a couple different options in your Advent box where you can make your own nativity too. The Donkey in the Living Room was written by Sarah Raymond Cunningham, and she's given us permission and her blessing to read this during Advent. So grab the cow and the sheep, and we're going to unwrap those today and snuggle in as we listen to the donkey in the living room. While we're listening, my friend Chris Bowers is going to be painting a picture of the Christmas story and making it come to life for you. The cow. Have you ever heard where the donkey stopped as Mary's belly was getting ready to pop? To fill you in, we'll now cut to the cow. She's the best one to tell you the who, what, and how. One dark night, I heard the clickety-clack of a donkey arriving and loosening his pack. A bearded man sauntered up to the inn and announced that he'd come to the land of his kin. We've got no room here, the innkeeper said. You can sleep in the stable. We don't have a bed. Mary came in and sat by the manger, and then after that the night got even stranger. Joseph was pacing, his face in a frown, and Mary was hurting, so she had to lie down. We all stayed quiet, not even mooing, as everyone sensed something big was now brewing. And sure enough, when we woke the next morn, we could see, plain as day, a baby had been born. The Sheep Have you heard about the dazed hillside flock, who were greeted one night with the shock of all shocks? Here to tell it is a sheep from that field, Listen closely now, he's got a story to wield. Back then, whenever it grew dark at night, the shepherds made sure to keep all us sheep in sight. They paced around to prevent any scares from lions or wolves or even big hairy bears. There I was standing in the dark pitch black when a ripple of bang broke out in the pack. Each sheep was staring straight up to the sky as a bright light and loud noise erupted on high. The shepherds were afraid it was easy to hear, but the words that were said from the sky calmed their fears. Instead of letting us sleep for a bit, they packed up our stuff and led us off on a trip. Soon we all joined an odd celebration for one little baby who brought us salvation. Isn't this a great story? I sure hope you're all enjoying it. After children's time, be sure to check out the links so that you can do Sunday school at home today. They're on the Faith at Home page at faithwestwood.com or in the email that I sent out this morning. Mark your calendars too for December 12th from 6 to 8 p.m. It's Faith Westwood's first live nativity. The manger, the same but totally different. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And your family can sign up to help out too tinyurl.com forward slash FW Live Nativity. 
and that's where you can see all the different ways that you can help out with the manger. And so until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's kids said, Amen. I love you and I miss you all so much. I'll see you next week. Bye. Today's scripture is from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believes that the Lord would fulfill his promises in her. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everybody. Today, our mission offering is for our Helping Hands Fund. Uh, this is the fund that helps us, uh, helps people who are in or connected to our church who are going through a rough time. And as you can imagine, the Helping Hands Fund has been needed more than ever this year. Uh, I want you to know that you have kept individuals and families from being homeless. You have helped people get medical treatment or a surgery uh, you have helped some uh, address mental health issues, and so I just want to say thank you. And if you'd like to help us replenish that fund so that more can uh, benefit from it, you can uh, mail a check to the church. Uh, on the memo line, make sure you put Helping Hands Fund, or you can give online. Go to faithwestwood.com, click on the About tab, and then choose Give, and you go from there. If you'd prefer to get my text message, uh, maybe from your smartphone, text uh, $100, like dollar sign 100 hands to 402-316-5481, or $10, or $1,000, whatever amount you choose. I just want you to know that if this is your first time uh, giving by text, it'll ask for your credit card info. Let's pray. Saving God. Again, we find ourselves in this extended exile. And yet, we rejoice because you have come to our rescue. Feed us 
by your word. Nourish us by your spirit. Put your good news on our lips. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Years ago I heard a story which may or may not have actually happened, but here's my own fictionalized version of it. A new luxury hotel uh, ordered a massive, magnificent mirror from Italy, costing tens of thousands of dollars. The interior designer wanted it installed along a wall of the grand lobby. The mirror was thick and rich-looking, its edges elegantly trimmed. On the day the mirror arrived, it was so heavy, it had to be lifted into place by an extra-wide forklift. As the mirror was being raised, something happened, and it slipped off the forklift. Everyone watched as it crashed to the floor, shattering into what looked like millions of pieces. The, host, the hotel staff gasped. Then the room went dead silent. What could they do? But grab their brooms and trash cans and begin to clean up. But the interior designer shouted, Stop! Everyone stop! And over the next two weeks, she picked up all those broken pieces one by one, and on the wall, she made a beautiful mosaic a work of art, much more beautiful and valuable than the original mirror. Picking up the pieces and creating something beautiful is a story of redemption. And it illustrates the gospel story, God sending Jesus to pick up the pieces of our lives and create something beautiful. Today is our second Sunday in Advent, and our theme this year is Picking Up the Pieces. We also have a daily devotional book for you by the same title. Uh, it's written by a pastor friend of mine and his wife, Jordan and Megan McFall. If you haven't gotten one yet, um, it's easy. You can get one anytime. We have copies just inside the outer doors of the west entrance at the church. Or, or if you'd rather have one mailed to you, uh, please contact Holly Timberlake. She'd be glad to do that. One of the things that I want to say about Advent uh, this year is that we know this year it won't be about parties and pageants, it won't be about concerts and caroling, it won't even be about large family gatherings. When all of the fringe and the fluff get stripped away, where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us with prophecies of Messiah. It leaves us with a story that took place in Nazareth and Judea and Bethlehem. Today, we're looking at part of that story. Uh, just before today's passage that Levon read for us, Mary received a visit from an angel, announcing that she, though, though a virgin, will conceive and bear a son, who will be a king forever. How will this happen? Well, no details are given, only that the Holy Spirit will accomplish this. And the angel had some family news that Mary had not heard yet, that her relative Elizabeth, though aging and considered barren, is now six months along. Mary's, I'm sure, very aware that she cannot talk to just anyone about her pregnancy, but if anyone would understand, it would be Elizabeth. I wonder if Elizabeth had already been something of a spiritual mentor for Mary. 
Uh, I remember when my dad was a young man, he looked up to his dad's first cousin as a spiritual mentor. He was in our church. Uh, you know, I have a childhood memory of going to their house with my dad one summer day, and, and we were standing out in the driveway, and li I was listening to the two of them talk. Maybe whenever Mary's family went to the three annual festivals in Jerusalem, they would often stay with Zechariah and Elizabeth, who lived probably not far from the city. If so, then Mary knew the way to her house. I imagine she was thinking that she was looking, she needed uh, Elizabeth's guidance now more than ever. So Mary sets off from Nazareth in the north on a three to four day journey to a village in Judea in the south. Our gospel writer, Luke, Luke paints a picture of, of Mary coming to the door of Elizabeth's house. And I can imagine her saying, Hello, anybody home? Elizabeth, it's cousin Mary. And you might ask, how would, how would Luke know about this? How would Luke know about Mary's trip uh, to see Elizabeth? Fair question. This was the same Luke who was a missionary companion to the Apostle Paul. That meant he had the opportunity to travel with Paul to Jerusalem. At the beginning of his biography of Jesus, Luke says he interviewed multiple eyewitnesses to gain certainty about what he was reporting. I suspect then that Luke either interviewed Mary or a close family member of hers. Anyway, back to our scripture reading, Luke 1, verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, the word translated leaped is also uh, used for calves and lambs that are jumping and frolicking about. And it was used for soldiers leaping for joy at their victory. And it was used to describe the movement of a baby in the womb. Today, we say the baby kicked. They said the baby leaped. But this time, the baby in her belly moves so much, Elizabeth thinks this must be a sign from God, and she is filled with the Holy Spirit. And one evidence of that is that in that moment, she knows what she has not yet been told, that Mary's expecting, and Elizabeth knows who Mary is expecting. In verse 42, Elizabeth shouts a twofold blessing, one for Mary and one for her baby. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women! And blessed is the child you will bear. And then she calls Mary the mother of her Lord. And in verse 44, Elizabeth adds, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for what? Leaped for joy. Joy is our key word today. Have you ever leaped for joy? Maybe at a ball game? My parents had four sons, no daughters. Their first two grandchildren were boys, so we were definitely on a streak. One day I called my mom and said that her third grandchild had been born, and it was a girl. I can still remember hearing my mom uh, sh joyfully shouting over the phone, shouting over and over, I have a granddaughter! I have a granddaughter! Now, I can't say for sure, but... I have a distinct impression that she was jumping up and down while she was shouting. 
leaping for joy. And this word, word translated joy is a specific word in this case that goes beyond happiness. It surpasses circumstances. It's a joy that can be held at the same time as grief and sadness, but it means rejoicing because God has come to save us. This Advent, I want to experience that kind of joy. And I want you to experience that kind of joy. I want us to rejoice because God has come to save us. I've always thought it a bit strange whenever I've read Luke chapter 1 that here at this point, Mary breaks out into poetic verse. Uh, and I wonder, did Mary really say all these things in verses 46 to 55? Or is Luke taking some artistic license? Well, obviously it could be a little of both. Uh, although Mary could have said it uh, because her song is full of phrases from Scripture that she would have known. And it echoes other songs in the Old Testament especially the song of Hannah, who is the mother of the prophet Samuel. Mary's song is traditionally called the Magnificat because in Latin, that's the first word. Lots of choral music has been set to these words. It starts out, My soul glorifies, old translation said magnifies, from the word Magnificat. My soul glorifies the, the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And here again we have that same word joy, but this time as a verb, rejoice. Why does Mary rejoice? Because God's salvation is coming, it's on the way. You know, I think that's what it means to be God's people. We keep believing and trusting that salvation will come. And when it does, God's justice will reign. Ruthless oppressors will fall. The oppressed will be set free. The hungry will be fed. That's why she rejoices. And I wonder, do we still rejoice in God our Savior? Or have we forgotten how to do that? Have we become so self-satisfied with our comfy suburban lives that we've lost that joy? Have we forgot how badly we need saving? Have we forgotten how wondrous it is to be saved? And of course, God's salvation isn't just for us, it's for the whole world. The, the, this world needs what only Jesus can bring. Do you believe that? This world needs what only Jesus can bring. Remember the Advent hymn, O come, O come, Emmanuel, that mourns in lowly exile here. And yet, He is on the way. So we rejoice, we sing, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So, how do you and I do that? How do we rejoice? How can we rejoice when we're sitting at home uh, staring at a computer? How can we rejoice when we're stuck here in viral exile? How can we rejoice so that our hearts leap for joy? I've got a few ideas for you. Here's one. Sing. Sing songs of rejoicing. And of course you can do this any day of the week, but especially on Sundays. Uh, I imagine that you know the words to at least the first verse of Joy to the World, right? Sing it in the car. 
where nobody can hear you sing. Sing, sing go tell it on the mountains. Sing it in the shower, because you know how good you sound in the shower. Whatever it is, you pick the song. Sing it to God. Let your soul glorify the Lord. Another one. Set up a progressive nativity where each day you add something or move something a little closer and let this become a form of prayer for you where you ponder what God has done and you say with Mary, I rejoice in God my Savior. Here's the third one. Kneel at the manger. Last week, our children's ministry gave out kits so that you could make your own wooden manger. We still have a bunch left over, so contact Leah Denoso if you want one. In the kits, you get the wood, all the pieces are cut, you get nails and instructions, and the idea is that you would have that there in your home and you would add non-perishable food items to your manger throughout Advent that you can bring to our pantry. But what if that manger also became an Advent altar in your home. What if it became a place to pray and rejoice in what God has done? And then one more. Listen. Listen to music of rejoicing. I've started listening to a free Pandora station called Christmas Choral Classics. Well, of course, you can set up whatever you want on whatever music service you might have or... You can listen to CDs or Christian radio, but listen to songs that inspire you to rejoice. Let them fill your heart with praise. Recently, a friend of mine told me about an Advent song that I had not heard before called Canticle of the Turning. Have you heard of that one? The lyrics were written by Rory Cooney, which he set to a traditional Irish tune. The words are a really brilliantly written poetic uh, retelling of, of Mary's Magnificat. And I especially like the recurring line, The world is about to turn. Isn't that good? The world is about to turn. I want to share with you a recording of Rory Cooney performing this song as a part of a trio that he was with. It's, uh, this song is that they perform it with a great Irish feel, if you like that kind of thing. You'll see the lyrics on the screen, and uh, between the verses, you'll see this image of, the, of a ship with the hands underneath and over the top. Well, that's the, that's the cover of their album. So here's the song, Canticle of the Turning. And while you listen, let your soul glorify the Lord and rejoice in God, our Savior. Mercy will last from the 
to the fortress tower, not a stone will be left on stone. Let the king beware, for your justice tears every tyrant from his throne. The hungry poor shall weep no more for the food they can never earn. There are tables spread, every mouth be fed, for the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you ring, let the fires of your justice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near and the world is From age to age we remember who holds us fast God's mercy must deliver us from the conqueror's rushing grasp This saving word that our forebears heard is the promise which holds us bound Till the spear and rod can be crushed by God who is turning the world around My heart shall sing of the day you bring that the fires of the justice burn Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. My heart shall sing of the day you bring, that the fires of injustice burn. Wipe away all tears, for the dawn draws near, and the world is about to turn. Now we move into our communion time. If you don't have your communion elements ready, no problem. Just simply pause the video, go get them, come back and press play. Uh, today we rejoice that Jesus came to us in the flesh. He took on our humanity. He took on our physicality, our body and blood. Let's pray. O oh God, our Savior, we glorify your name you have looked upon our lowly condition, and in your mercy you have sent us your Son. Jesus, we rejoice in your reign, which you have brought to this world, and we look forward to the day when your reign will cover the whole earth. On that day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that the child in a manger is now King of kings and Lord of lords. Gracious Father, Pour out afresh on us your Holy Spirit. And by your Holy Spirit, let these gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine bring to us the very presence of Christ. And now we join together in the kingdom prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you.
the blood of Christ shed for you. For investing time for worship and reflection during this season of Advent by being with us today. We encourage you to stop by faithwestwood.com forward slash service. You can fill out a connection card, give us your prayer request, and also give. Our mission offering for this week is for Helping Hands. Helping Hands is a fund that we use to help people in our congregation who might have a medical, transportation, or housing expense that is a little bit overwhelming for them at this time. Everything that you give to Helping Hands helps give back to your own congregation. Thank you so much for giving, and we encourage you to join us next week for Picking Up the Pieces. <laughs>